When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today's episode, you know someone who became a stock trading fanatic last year? Tax bills can be shocking though, especially for Robinhood users. And then I've always trashed the cable companies, what I call the cable monsters, for their monopolies around the U.S., I actually have something nice to say about the cable companies. I can't believe it. And how they might save you money on one of your monthly bills. There I said it. I'll fill in the details later. Gosh, that hurt to say. So, Robinhood. Have I been on a journey with Robinhood, the stock trading app, and the Robinhood wannabes that have popped up over the last several years I was really, really excited when Robinhood launched. If you're not familiar with it, it's an app you download to your iPhone or your Android that allows you to do free stock trading. And Robinhood kind of was on the periphery for a number of years, small number of accounts. They were small potatoes. And then I guess about 18 months ago, roughly two years ago, Robinhood hit critical mass. A lot of people who were first-time investors, gravitated to Robinhood. A lot of younger people gravitated to Robinhood and Robinhood competitors. And the big boys and girls noticed. The big traditional players in the discount stock brokerage industry said, wait a minute here. Our future, we're looking at it, and there's something scary here. These people are being captured by these apps. And what about us? So the big players suddenly ended commissions like Robinhood had pioneered, had trailblazed. And so now, even with the more traditional, what a lot of young people were stodgy players like Schwab and Fidelity and other discounters, that they were like not relevant to them. They were trying to regain relevance with the free stock trading. Well, Robinhood, during the pandemic, became, this is freaky weird to say, and please excuse me if this had nothing to do with the Robinhood thing for you. People were trapped at home. A lot of sports weren't around. A lot of activities. People were bored. And they got into stock trading, and Robinhood had gamified stock trading and had all kinds of fun sounds and and symbols and stuff that popped up when you did a trade and so people really got into high speed buying and selling of stocks and there were people who did well at that there were other people who lost a lot of money then there were people who kind of broke even but now we're getting hit over the head 
with a tax baseball bat. Because the way tax laws work on investing is that if you, in a regular investment account, don't hold something for a year, you get hit with what's known as ordinary income tax, which is an extraordinarily high tax that you avoid when you hold an investment for a year or longer. So in the Robinhood orbit, long-term for a lot of people was holding something a week. Forget a year. And people were doing all this crazy trading. And even people who lost money in their accounts are now finding in 21 as they prepare their 20 returns that they're getting hit with a big tax bill. And Robin Hood, to my knowledge, and the, the imitators of Robin Hood don't do certain legal techniques that can help you lower your tax bill that you might face otherwise. So if you were doing high-frequency trading, as you're discovering now, it can brutalize you with a tax bill. And I want you to be really aware of this and know that it needs to be part of your calculations with trading. Ultimately, if you're really into doing high-frequency trading, you want to be with a provider that provides free trades that also provides Roth IRAs and traditional IRAs. Because in IRAs, you can do unlimited buys and sells And there's no tax bill, no consequence of that. Ultimately, when you spend money out of a retirement account, if it's a traditional, that's when you pay tax. If it's a Roth, those events that would be taxable in a traditional investment account are non-taxable forever inside a Roth IRA. Krista? Clark, Dwight in Alaska says, let your listeners know the sneaky practice by some full commission investment houses. This one company told me that they will give advice as a fiduciary only if you pay higher fees of 1.2% of assets annually and also an annual fee of 0.2% of assets annually. Is this, how is this that we have to pay people to be honest with us? Uh, Dwight, Dwight, Dwight. Okay. I see the brokerage house you're with, and I'm going to choose not to name them now, but they their whole structure is set up not to be a fiduciary. If you don't know what that term means, that's when a financial company legally obligates itself to do what's best for you, not what's best for them. So they make so much money by putting people into squirrely investments that generate more money for the salesperson, more money for the brokerage, that if they are going to take on the legal duty of being a fiduciary, then they want to be able to make the same income. So by charging you roughly 1.5% of your assets each year, they're making up that cost. And paying 1.5% is outrageously expensive. And we've got a review at Clark.com of the much, 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 much lower cost fee structures at Fidelity, Vanguard, and Schwab and what the minimums are to be in those that potentially could save you a fortune, Dwight, over what you're paying this full commission brokerage. 
John in Georgia says, are the contactless Visa and debit cards safe to carry in public areas? If these are contactless, it just sounds less safe than swiping a card. John, great question. So if you are very close to another person, they could have a device that I think is referred to as a sniffer that can capture the information from your contactless card. Why are you laughing, Krista? Sniffer? I never heard of that. Yeah, that's what apparently it's called. Now, the, the payment processing systems say that this is not a danger to you with the contactless cards. Now, you know a contactless card when it's got those three half circles? I guess that's what you call that on the yeah, back like of the, the card. Yeah, little wavelength. Yeah, so um, there are people that are putting their cards in wallets that keep the signal from transmitting. And these wallets are widely available. You look online at eBay or Amazon, you'll see all the sellers that sell the cards that Uh, the wallets that protect your cards from being sniffed by a crook. But it is a a crime that was predicted very heavily by uh, data privacy people, but to my knowledge has not turned out to be a big problem in the marketplace. You just looked up, Krista. It's RFID wallets. That's what you look for, right? Right. Yeah. And there are so many and purses, right? Although I, I will leave the purses to you. All mine. If you are nervous about it, do the RFID wallets, which now overwhelmingly they are. Otherwise, it is a pretty rare crime. Even though I will admit that in my TV work, we demonstrated being able to to grab the signal. Ugh. You know that's how TV is. Got to shock people, right? Yep. Juanita says, what's up with car warranty insurance companies? I get at least six calls daily. I tried blocking, tried answering. When I'm lucky enough to speak with them, I inform them that my car is 15 years old and it has 275,000 miles. Is there anything I can do? Juanita, this is an annoyance to the max is these companies, companies, I shouldn't call them companies. These are crooks. And so they don't follow the do not call rules or anything like that. They're just thieves trying to steal your money. And there is no way to prevent those calls from occurring yet. Hopefully technology will be invented that will deal with it. Even stir and shaken, which I've talked about, which the major cell phone carriers have implemented, has not had any impact yet on the uh, car warranty scam calls The best thing is never answer the call. The second the phone rings, you just deny the call. And at least it's a minor annoyance in your life five times a day or so. This is from Adam in Ohio. Clark, I'm currently paying $20 per month for a landline VOIP, which we never, almost never use. The only reason I'm hesitant to cancel it is that my grandmother babysits my child occasionally and it worries me that she will fumble around with a cell phone in the event of an emergency. Should I keep it for peace of mind or go ahead and get rid of it? Thanks for all that you and your team do. Adam, I'm thinking about alternatives. Probably the best would be if you want to keep a VOIP, you could go to UMA, which is going to be just as easy to use as the VOIP you have and costs typically around $3 a month have an UMA line, O-O-M-A.com. 
And UMA, you have to have a base UMA unit that depending on when it's for sale and whether it's a new or recon will cost you 50 to to $100 typically. And then the service is free except for regulatory pass-throughs. And at least that would lower the price to a fraction of the $20 a month you're now paying. Again, typically $3 or so per month for that UMA line. And speaking of VOIP, a big seller of ripoff VOIP service, <laughs> cable companies. And, you know, I've You spoken, had to get one in. I, well, I had to take my cheap <laughs> shot at the cable monsters. And the cable monsters and I, I mean, we just don't really get along. But you got to call things as you see them. And there's actually something nice to say about cable companies saving you money on one of your key monthly expenses. I'm going to share that with you straight ahead. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, <laughs> I love it. Saying something nice about a cable monster. Okay, so I got to try not to be snarky with this. So the cable monsters, most of them are now offering cell service in competition with Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. And at the same time as they're offering competition, they're buying some wholesale capacity from the big three. Because what the cable companies are doing is beyond brilliant. About 10, 12 years ago, I talked about what in China was referred to as the poor man's cellular, that the Chinese had developed way ahead of anybody else, a technology that allowed people who were in urban areas, a lot on foot, on bikes, whatever, to be able to have cell phone service for the equivalent of it, for a tiny fraction of the normal cost by doing it over Wi-Fi instead of cellular. In the Chinese case, you paid virtually nothing, but if you were moving fast in a car, you had no service. If you were not near uh, houses, apartment buildings, you had no service. The cable companies, though, learned from that, took them a while to perfect it, And they now offer something, and you may not know this, that with most of the cable monsters that you're getting internet service from, you're paying them a monthly fee for internet service, and you're providing backbone for them to offer cellular service to people. So cable companies have big market penetration since they're monopolies in the markets they serve, and they're able to use the internet connection that you're paying them for to provide backbone for a combination of poor man cellular like the Chinese came up with and layering on top of it with software the ability when there's no Wi-Fi available to power your phone that they then connect to the cell tower and provide you service over cell that they buy wholesale from one of the big three. 
So they're able to offer monthly cell service at a lower price than the big three using the Wi-Fi combination with cell. And knowing that, do you know that 80% of the time, Krista, we're at a place with reliable Wi-Fi we trust anyway? Wow. And our phones, think what we do when we get home or when we're at the studio. Your phone's on Wi-Fi right now, oh, right? Yeah. Not on cellular. Mm-hmm. So you're not even using the cellular network. So the cable companies know that, that 80% of the time you're in a trusted place of your own. The other 20% of the time, you're either where they can glom on to somebody who's paying them for Wi-Fi for internet connection, or they're paying the cellular company so they can offer a cheaper price. Comcast, the biggest of the cell phone carriers, pay, you have to pay them 45 bucks a month for a single line, unlimited data, unlimited text, all that stuff. I mean, it's a decent deal, about the best deal in the marketplace. The family plans the cable companies offer should be cheaper than they are. They're basically mimicking minus maybe 10% what the bigs do. They have an opportunity to take a lot more market share because they're paying so much less money to offer these platforms, to offer cheaper family plans. But there, there are real advantages you should know, and they're a place you should consider getting cell phone service that most people don't even think about. Krista? Paul in Massachusetts wrote in and said, I recently received an email from Zillow indicating that their Zestimate of my home was worth about three times more than my estimate of recent home sales in my immediate area. I tried contacting them to reduce their estimate, but to no avail. I fear that when I decide to sell, potential buyers might be turned off by this overinflated estimate and harm my ability to sell my home. Any suggestions? Paul, I think you turn the facts upside down because the Zestimate is working very much to your favor in this case. And the result of it is that people think, wow, what a steal your house is. Don't you know it's worth a lot more than you're asking? Well, they would never say that. That would would be their internal monologue. So that's actually working to your benefit. Now, with Zillow, you can put... uh, See if they'll put money where their mouth is. Because Zillow offers Zillow offers in a lot of places in the country where they will buy your house for what they say the Zestimate is. So if the Zestimate really thinks it's worth that much and you're in an area where Zillow offers is operating, you might score a huge, huge profit on your house. Um, I would guess, though, in Massachusetts... You're not going to be in an area of the U.S. where those estimates would be happening because the thing is, in Massachusetts, the housing stock is built very differently than it is, and in New England, very differently than it is in a lot of the rest of the country, where the houses are not uniform. They're more custom, as they were not built by mass production builders, and there's great variety in the housing stock. And that's why the estimates are much less accurate in an area where the homes are more individualized than where the homes are production built. Colton in Florida says, there's a scam I thought your listeners should hear about. I was selling my home gym online and got a bid that someone wanted to buy it. They paid full price, $1,500, plus a mover's fee of $1,500 that I did not ask for. 
They sent me a check. The check cleared two days later in my account. That day I got an email saying that I needed to Venmo the money back to the movers. So I contacted my bank account and told them what was going on. They told me that the check will bounce in seven days. If I would have Venmoed them the money from my account, I would have lost my money. The scammers called me nine times trying to pressure me into sending the money saying I'm holding up the movers. I can't thank you enough for contacting us about this. This has been a continuous problem. And the difference in your case is that call to your bank saved you all that money. Um, It is a continuous problem that we've heard. And if people don't know what the scam is, the scam is they paid you the $3,000, of which the $1,500 you were supposed to send to the movers by Venmo, and then you would have lost that because the, the whole thing was bogus. It was a stolen or counterfeit check. And Venmo should only, just as Cash App and Zelle, these payment platforms should only ever be used to give money to a friend or family member period. Any other use puts you at great risk of being scammed. This is from Glenn in Florida. Lately, you've been advising us to open a separate account for Venmo and Cash App transactions to protect our primary accounts from being put at risk by a breach or hack of those accounts. I'm wondering if it's okay to link my primary account to supply the new bank account, or do I have to maintain the Venmo bank account completely independent of my main account to keep the primary account safe. You have to keep it completely separate. You do not link it. You do not have it at the same financial institution. Banks automatically, you're looking shocked, Chris. Well, no, I mean, I wouldn't, I would think not the same institution, but I would have thought that no, I could fund it. No, you don't link it at all. You don't fund across platforms like that because you could have in the agreement with the other institution where you have a linked account, you could have in the agreement that if you overdraw that account, that they can go draft the source of funds, the original account. It has to be completely sheltered as an island, never at the same financial institution and never linked or commingled any way like that. The risk is so high with the enormous problems, particularly of late with Cash App being continually looted and people losing all the money they have in their bank account, all the money in their bank account. That's why you set up, if you do want to use Venmo or Cash App or Zelle, you set it up at a separate financial institution from the one you do business. You only fund it with the amount of money you think you need to routinely fund transactions for Venmo, Cash App, or Zelle. And if anybody's listening in Washington, we need some clear legal protections There are no consumer protections whatsoever for these payment platforms as they came about after any statute written would have protected people from ending up with all their money vanishing right from their lives. And on that very negative note, I want to thank you so much for being a part of Team Clark. And if you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe, review us, and share us with your friends. 